You're listening to the Speaking Tongues podcast. I'm your host, El Sharice. Each week, I sit down to a conversation with multilinguals where we discuss and celebrate language, life, and culture through our own perspectives. Episode 76, Speaking Luganda and Ugandan Sign Language. Hello, language lovers. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Speaking Tongues, the podcast in conversation with multilinguals. I'm absolutely thrilled to bring you this episode. My guest today is Eric, who joins me from Kampala to talk about the Luganda language. Eric is a Luganda teacher, and in this episode, he tells us about learning Luganda from his native Lusoga language. He tells us about the languages spoken all around Uganda, including the languages in the north that share border with Sudan, and in the east with Kenya, and the South and West with Rwanda and the Democratic Republic of Congo. Eric breaks down Luganda for us from the word order to the tonality to the relaxed and stressed vowels. He helps us to understand naming traditions in certain clans in Uganda, and we even find out why humming is an important part of communication in the language. Since Eric also knows Ugandan Sign Language, we talk about its usage, how the government supports schools for USL, and how language education for the deaf is changing in Uganda. And of course, because you all know by now that we cannot not talk about culture, Eric talks to us about Ugandan culture, including family structure traditions and women's beauty standards. Thank you so much to Eric for sharing your language and Ugandan culture with us. For anyone listening to this episode and wanting to learn more about Luganda or Ugandan culture, Eric has offered a discount to listeners of this episode for lessons with him on italki. You can find a link to his italki and to his Amphi lessons through the links in the show notes. If you enjoy this episode of Speaking Tongues, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Speaking Tongues podcast on Apple Podcasts or like and subscribe on YouTube so that other language lovers like ourselves can find the show. And if you've been a longtime listener of the show or even a recent listener, you can now support the show on buymeacoffee.com. Links to all platforms are in the show notes. Okay, let's chat. Welcome back to another episode of Speaking Tongues. I am here today with Eric. How are you today, Eric? I'm fine, yeah. I'm nice so, meeting you. Yeah, I'm so happy to talk with you and to learn about your languages. And we're going to be talking about Luganda today. So I'm so excited to learn from you because I don't know a whole lot aside from what I researched for this episode. So I think we're going to have a really cool conversation. I like to start each episode with the same question, and that is, what is your first language and which languages have you learned to speak? Um, I, my first language, I would say it is Lusoga, a bit far from Luganda. No, not very far. Lusoga is my first language, and I spoke this up to about 12 years. And then I moved to where Luganda is spoken. And then I learned Luganda. And because as a kid, I needed to learn Luganda, communicate, play. So I learned Luganda. And yeah, I kept on using Luganda. And mm -hmm. in school, it's taught. 
with the teacher Uganda and English. And now I am learning Dutch. Oh, wow. Very interesting. How is, how is Dutch going? Mm, yeah. <laughs> It, there's uh, uh, the grammar is a bit different from Luganda, but yeah, I guess I I'm trying. That's what counts. That's what matters. <laughs> when you were growing up, what languages did you hear spoken in your home um, and in your community? Oh, at home, people speak Luganda and Lusoga and English, but in community in my community around Kampala, being the capital. Many people come here to do businesses, so people speak a lot of languages and they also try to learn Luganda. So I also hear Luganda, but with a different accent. So oh. it's really funny. In Kampala, what kind of, what different languages would somebody most likely hear outside of Luganda if you're visiting Kampala or you're moving there? Uh, some people speak English. There are many people from India. They use a lot of uh, Indian language. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are also many people from Northern Uganda that are not Bantu. Uganda is a Bantu language group. So many people from uh, other parts of Uganda, like they are also Bantu, but they don't speak Luganda. So their language is close to Luganda. You would hear a lot of languages. You mentioned that in the north of Uganda, they speak languages that are not Bantu languages. So what languages would someone hear in the north of the country? Uh, the biggest language spoken is from South Sudan. And then there are also, or in Uganda, the biggest language, in Northern Uganda, the biggest language is Ateso, Langi, and uh, Japadora. Those are uh, the biggest that is you can hear. And then until you cross to Kenya, you hear Kikuyu, or you go to South Sudan, and then you hear the Sudan language. Or in Western, Northwestern Uganda, then you get the Kakwa as you go to Congo. Okay. Are many people in Uganda multilingual because of all of these linguistic differences? And I guess the differences of the language families that exist in Uganda, do are there many people who can understand most of these languages? Yeah, many people besides the Baganda, the Baganda are people that belong to Buganda and they speak Luganda. Mm -hmm. But other tribes, they really try to learn Luganda when they're in Kampala. So they speak their language, they speak Luganda, they speak English, and they also try to speak Swahili because now Kenya and Tanzania and Congo, they use Swahili. Mm -hmm. Those countries around Uganda, so they use Swahili. So these people try to learn all these languages. Unfortunately, the Baganda are not multilingual. Why do you think that they're not multilingual? I think there is a, 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 a spirit of contentment. Hmm. Um, the, the, we are proud of what we have. Okay, I learned, me, myself, I try to learn languages. Yeah, but the people are really proud of what they have. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that gives them a spirit of contentment, I guess. Tell me some things about Luganda. Uh, tell me about some of the grammar. Is it a tonal language? Tell me about word order and how sentences are formed and all the technical things to know about the language. 
uh, Luganda is a tonal language. Yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. And um, Luganda is built on nouns. So before you say something, you first need to know what you're saying. So uh, for example, if you want to say, uh, there are also words that look alike. So those words, you have to use the tone to differentiate them. For example, if I want to say, give me, or I say, I give you, those two words are the same, but mm -hmm. the tone differentiates them. For example, if I want to say, give me, I say, mba. But mm -hmm. if I'm saying, I give you, or I, I give, then I say, mpa. So it goes a little bit higher. So it's the same word, but it's just the tone that differentiates it. Mm -hmm. Another one I want you to try is, um, there are two words. If you say, how, you say, ntia. Ntia. Great. And then when you want to say, I fear, you say, ntia. Ntia. Yes. Now, how do I say, how do you say, how do I fear? Ntia, ntia. Ntia, ntia. Yeah, ntia, ntia. So that's, how do I fear? Ntia, ntia. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What is the the order of a sentence? Is it like um, subject, object, verb, subject, verb, object? Um, do Are there certain prefixes or suffixes that you add to words to make them into sentences or to join them to other other words or concepts yeah for for if i have a subject and object yes i'll do subject object verb okay like for example if i want to say i give you now then i have i and you and then the giving so i put myself then i put you so i say mkuwa and it will be one word so okay. it is not like English where you have to have three words, I give you. No, it's one word. Me is represented by N and then U with KU and then the give. So it's a nkuwa, just as one word. Uh, another one, like if I want to say, I have greeted you. In English, usually you just, we use hello. But that word in Luganda, we translate it that I have greeted you. Then it's a nkulamusiza. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice one. I like new people to try it usually. <laughs> yeah, but other sentences, usually we start with the verb, then you add the noun. And then if you have to locate where it is, you locate it, and then you later you add the adjective. So it has uh, like that grammar construction. You either start with a verb, if the verb director affects the noun, but if it's a noun affecting the verb, then you start with the noun. Okay. So, but most sentences without a verb, they always, always start with a noun because the noun gives you the prefix how do we know to uh, to say, like, if I want to say, this girl is good or this book is good, these two sentences differ because now the book has a different prefix and the girl has a different prefix. So we look at the noun, 
the first two or three letters give us the prefix. Okay. So that's how Luganda is. Okay. What about vowels? I read as I was researching for this conversation that there are long vowels and there are short vowels. How do the vowels work to change the meanings of the words? Yes, uh, for this one, I, I want to do it from your area of interest. What do you like? Traveling, food, or visiting? What do you like? All of those things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about, how Let, about let's food? About, let's say food. Uh, let's talk about food. Okay. Now, if you want to buy food, you go to the market, and then you want to buy food. So somebody says, oh, looks at, oh, here's your accent and say, this one is not Ugandan, so he must have money. So I'll overcharge him. So then you say, if you, maybe you have already, already learned some Luganda word, you want to say, oh, you're overcharging. So now that word has a, contra, has a counterpart, which is a shorter version. And the shorter version means a wizard. So if you say, Oh, Sarah, that is overcharging. But if you say it quick, then you're saying you are a wizard. Oh, Sarah. Oh, Sarah versus oh, Sarah. Yes. Oh. So now that is you're overcharging or oh, you're a wizard. <laughs> we also have on the other side, we have stressed words and relaxed words. Okay. Those that have double okay. consonants and single consonant. For example, we have, and usually these ones are direct opposite of each other. For example, if you if you want somebody, uh, it's not a nice example. Maybe you have to kill something, or you have to release something. So if you say if you stress it, that would be killed. But if you say it relax, then it will be released. For example, if I say okuta, now that is to kill. Okuta. Okuta. Yes. Now to release is okuta. Okuta. Yeah. To let it go, to release. So if you're not careful, you either let somebody go or you let somebody die. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> that's how Luganda also is constructed. It has a lot of stressed words and their counterparts are relaxed words. And usually the meaning is almost the opposite. Mm, okay. Is this common among Bantu languages that you know of? Uh, like I told you, I've, I, I speak Lusoga also, uh, but Lusoga doesn't have many of these stressed and relaxed words. But uh, for Luganda, yes, of, of the languages I know, at least Luganda has many of these ones compared to other, other Bantu languages that I know. How different is Lusoko and, and Luganda? And I guess when you were learning Luganda, what was that experience like for you to learn this language um, and how different was it, how different is it from your 
your first language, your native language? Um, when learning Luganda, it took me time, but as a kid, of course, you learn quickly, you start speaking even when you're not saying it right, and then things uh, get in place as you go on. So for me, learning Luganda wasn't a struggle. It wasn't something I felt like I have to, to, to learn because it just came naturally. Lusoga is really close to Luganda. The, the, usually people call them twins, but Lusoga is a little like broken Luganda. Sometimes some words uh, have the opposite, where mostly Baganda use J, the Basoga use Y, and where the Baganda use D, uh, the Baganda, the Basoga use J. So there is that uh, small difference, but most words, if somebody from Lusoga is speaking and is very new to Luganda, even somebody from Luganda will understand and both they will understand each other. Oh, good. So it wasn't something hard for me to, to switch. Mm -hmm. Actually, most of the Bantu languages in Uganda, uh, there are about 15 languages of Bantu in Uganda so far. Mm -hmm. And all these ones, they are related. When somebody from another language speaks, at least one from the other Bantu language will be able to understand. The minimum you can understand is about 50%. Okay. Wow. So it's not really hard. If you have one Bantu, you're able to understand the other Bantu. Okay. Well, I like that. I, I like that a lot. So I have a question from our friend Julie, who is one of your students, yes. and she is one of my listeners. Julie wants to know, and I think everyone, all of my listeners want to know this too. <laughs> How does Luganda reflect cultural differences with regards to greetings and names? Um, she says that Luganda is such a rich language and she feels that some things get lost when translating the language into English. Two. Uh, one thing, uh, let me start with something getting lost. When we are speaking, we are translating from Luganda to English, or from English to Luganda, usually what gets, uh, number, number one thing I would say that we don't use a lot is the is. So is or are, those ones quickly disappear. And sometimes when we, those is or are determine if I want to say a chirunji, that means a good thing, or just saying chirunji. So if I have the is, then I would delete the chirunji and just say chirunji is good. So I, I delete almost the is and the, the, the a in Luganda. About um, greeting and uh, the names. So when we greet, we actually don't just say, hello, good morning, and that's it. When I say good morning, it's uh, like I'm asking you, how did you spend the night? And then you tell me, good. And you also have to ask me how I spent my night. Oh, I love that. And, and um, when you ask me how I spent my night, usually everybody will answer, yeah, good. And then even when they have problems, then later <laughs> they can explain <laughs> to you what their problems is. Yeah, but of course, at least they will say, 
it was good. But in the greeting, we also say, if you are new, then I ask you for your name. And then when you tell me your name, if, for example, if you ask me and say I'm Eric, I will still ask you, what is your name? Because Eric doesn't tell much about your culture. Mm. But if then you tell me your other names, your culture, your Uganda name, then, for example, if I am Kalisa, then you ask me, what's your name? Ah, my name is Kalisa. Then that person that is asking me already knows a lot about me by just mentioning Kalisa. Then he will think, oh, this one, his clan is called the heart. Now, they also say, uh, he will also know that my clan leader sits in the other place. So they will know a lot about me by just mentioning my, my Luganda name. What is it about the name that lets a person know about their clan? Uh, each clan, Buganda has about 46 clans. Mm. And these small, small clans make up the whole tribe of Buganda. So each clan has a group of names they use for their children and their children and their grandchildren. So if I belong to one clan, all my children get their name lists from the list this clan uses. I don't use names from the other clan because later when my children have to marry, they cannot take their wives from my clan because they are all their brothers and sisters or their fathers or their, then from their mother's clan, they also can't take a wife there because then that is also their mothers. So the clan really builds the whole culture. Mm. The name builds the culture. From your name, they know this one is of this clan, doesn't eat this type of food, which we call taboo. And then his, uh, his origin is from this area. His father is this. So he's a grandson of this one, just by the name. Mm -hmm. As far as names go, what happens mm. when one person from one clan gets together with another person from another clan and they have a family of their own? How does name how do names work then? Is there any rule about it? So when a man, usually we say the child belongs to the man, that is the culture of Buganda. So it is the names from the husband that they give to the children. So the children, when the wife uh, gives birth, the grandparents of the of the of this child from the father's side come and name the child okay. so it's always when the when you marry you leave your home and come to your husband's home that's it home okay this is so interesting this is so cool um what about what about with elders um what kind of are there any different greetings used for elders in the community and elders in the in you know in the in the different clans yeah in, uh, i'll speak for buganda 
in Uganda, if you're greeting somebody older than you, first thing you need to give them like sebo. So I say sebo. But before you greet, there is your first ask: Is your place safe? Like, do you have peace back home? So there is that word we use a lot: the sebo. So this is like: Is is your place? Is your place safe? Do you have peace home? Then you start greeting. How did you spend the night? And then like that. Then the greeting goes on. The greeting is something uh, a bit longer than what you find in Kampala. If you come to Kampala, it will be easy because people here they will just say hello, and then that is translated Nkulamusiza. That's easy. But if you're outside the Kampala, then you have to take the formal longer greeting. Is elade, nyoge, mirembe, mwasuze mutia. So it goes longer. Now I was just saying that from one side without the other person replying. But if he has to reply, we have also the session of humming in a greeting. Really? What does the humming mean? Oh, for example, if I say, Wasuzotia, this is how did you spend the night? And you tell me you spent it well. So I have to have mm, to show that I'm still with you. Then you also greet me back. And then after the greeting is finished, before we think of what to say, we need to keep uh, the communication going. So we will hum mm, mm, until something comes up and then somebody says, Are they your body? Like our people home. So until there is no more communication, there, there will be a humming going on. Oh, my goodness. Okay, let me ask you the first question, <laughs> and then we'll come back to the humming, because I have a question about that, too. And I'm taking notes while we're talking, because I want to remember everything. Not that I'm not recording it, but, you know, I want to I keep up. Okay. Um, so my first I want to ask you, why do you think that the greeting in Kampala is shorter than outside of Kampala? In Kampala, it's a business area. And people have, uh, we have, it has had an influx of people from different, different cultures, the Western culture from Europe and America, and then from India. Many people, Kampala is like a collection. So Buganda and Uganda in Kampala, they need to, to they recognize that they're on Buganda land, but it is not the, the thick Luganda that you would experience when you go somewhere outside Kampala in mm -hmm. Buganda, the real tradition of Buganda. So the, it's it's from the, the mixture of cultures. Oh, okay, yeah, because it's a city and people move quickly in the cities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's why also there is an adoption of slangs and in the greeting, and then you just say, Ogambachi. Ogambachi is a translated right from English when the word WhatsApp came up, like WhatsApp as a greeting. So even Buganda, the Buganda copied that one, Ogambachi, but that is not really a formal greeting. But you can find it here. People say, Ogambachi, Jendi, and it's finished. That's contrary to how a traditional person would greet. Yeah. Is that more, I guess you hear that more with uh, younger people and kids. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Young people, especially between now, Ogamba Chi would start from the age of 15. 
to 30 there. Okay. Because the kids are still under their parents, so they will still have the other greeting of Wasuzotia and things like that, and they also have time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you about the humming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I love it. Um, does the amount mm -hmm. of time or the length that somebody will hum in response, does that have any significance? Like, for example, if somebody hums a certain way, and can yes. you t can you tell just by their humming, like if they don't really want to be bothered with talking to you, or can you tell by their yeah. humming if can you tell if they're like excited to hear the rest of your story? Like, does it work like that? Yeah. If, uh, for example, I'm telling you a story and then it's like, mm, mm, and then I'm like, uh, okay, it's not interested. Mm. But if somebody says, mm-hmm. They're like yeah it's ready but we also have humming for different communications for example if you want to say yes uh, are you coming for the movie yes say, mm. are you coming mm. that's yes but if you want to say no say, mm -mm. Mm -mm. that's a no and then it, we also have it as a question mm? so the different ways of humming and mm, you're surprised mm. or maybe something has the point has gotten home mm. so there are different ways of humming it's actually luganda is it is the tone and the face the facial expression so how you feel is how you harm without speaking and that is the communication you passed on mm -hmm. I like that. And it sounds like these humming and the sounds of it, they seem pretty universal. Like anyone anywhere in the mm -hmm. world can tell, okay, I can tell that person they're not coming or they're, <laughs> they're going to show up or yeah. they're not interested. So that's cool. And yeah, I think- But about saying yes and no, I think you would not tell if you, you didn't watch the person because you just said, mm -mm. Mm. There's mm -mm and mm -mm. Mm -mm. could be like, mm -mm, this thing is delicious. Mm -mm. But then he said, mm -mm. It's, no. Mm -mm. Do the tones of those two relate to the tones of the words yes and no in Luganda? Uh, I guess the tone of the humming is different from the, the yeah, if you want to say yes, yes, it says, mm, but Nedda doesn't relate at all. Nedda is no, and the tone is, the hum is, mm -mm, mm -mm, it's, it, otherwise it would be, mm -mm. Right, right, okay. And, and mm -mm is, ooh, it's delicious, mm -mm. Okay, I think it was worth asking that. That question. I think it was worth because I would have been thinking about it like if I didn't ask you that. But um, it it does make me think about it because it is a tonal language. So when you are using a tonal sound as well, um, it just makes me wonder if there's any relation 
to it, but there isn't. <laughs> yes, some some of them. I think the the closest situation would be the feeling. Mm. How you feel? That would be the closest relation. Tell me about sign language in Uganda. Tell me about Ugandan sign language. I read yeah. that Uganda is the second country in the world to recognize sign language in its constitution since 1995. Um, how is yeah? Tell me about tell me about the sign language and tell me if it's related to any of the spoken languages in Uganda. In the introduction, I forgot to tell you that I also learned sign language, but that's good that you asked because sign language, I, I learned sign language some time back and it is really, really nice language. And uh, it was actually, it's true, we were the second to recognize sign language as a language in uh, and uh, it, this was copied from uh, the American Sign Language together with the Natural Science of Uganda. Mm. It is not related to any local language. Oh, wow. It's not related to Uganda. It's not related to any local language. Uh, Uganda Sign Language, uh, basically we use English the whole spelling, everything is English. And it is, um, for it, uh, how it was formed, they had um, some students, some deaf students that had gone to Kenya. They learned Kenyan Sign Language. And then there were also some missionaries with American and British Sign Language. So together, they combined these languages to form Ugandan Sign Language. And then slowly the British Sign Language kept fading out because for the British Sign Language is a bit hard. You sign with two hands. With American Sign Language, you can, the spelling, you use two hands. But American Sign Language, you use one hand. Right. The Uganda Sign Language, you use yeah. one hand. So it's easier to have all your alphabets and your counting on one hand than when you have two hands. Because most diffs, Okay, some of them are uh, physically okay, but some of them, they also have an impairment on, on their body. So using it with two hands, it would be really hard. I think that uh, caused the phasing out of the British Sign Language from Uganda Sign Language. How did you, how did you learn Ugandan Sign Language? Uh, I, I started with having friends in sign uh, who are deaf and they had learned so i associated with them and they told me that they are really nice people they really really love if you can sign something small they are all going to give you the whole time to teach you oh. if anyone you're saying the same thing again and again their, their, their patience is on another level than we who hear i guess Mm -hmm. They're really, really patient. Mm -hmm. You can sign the same thing wrong again and they will correct you. So I had enough time with them. They taught me. And when you, they teach you, they want you to help them because they also helped you. It was not until I learned sign language that then I developed 
love for other languages. That's why now I'm able to learn Dutch and also I'm also thinking about Swahili. But uh, in our schools here, they teach languages like Swahili, and I also teach German at the university, they teach Chinese, but I never picked interest until I met these uh, friends of mine, and then they taught me sign language, and then I, yeah, learning language is something. <laughs> That's really cool. I'm happy that you had that experience with them. How have you been able to use the sign language in your life, in your in your life, or or in your classroom, in your teaching, have you been able to? Um, using learning sign language, it like like I said, it opened my way to learning languages. So I use it sometimes. My students, when I'm trying to explain, they see a lot of hand movement. It helps me to move my hands because then I it. Sign language, if you don't feel what you're saying, even when you're signing it right, you may not be understood. But you have to feel it. If you are happy, smile and put that big smile and show that you're happy. Even when you sign the wrong thing, they will see that you're happy. But if you sign the right one and the face is showing something different, then you they'll say he's lying, he's not happy. So with teaching my students, it helps me to see, are they picking the point? I have learned to look at people and focus and see, is it hard? Then take a pause. And also the patience I learned from them, it still helps me to understand that learning is a process. Languages are not easy, but they are doable. Absolutely. And it's in the end, it's interesting to look back and say, oh, in the beginning, I used to think it's really hard, but now I can do it. So uh, I had a student who wanted to do sign language and I tried to teach her a bit, but she uh, learning two languages at the same time, especially if you're not on the ground to practice, it was hard. Mm. But yeah, I use sign language. I still translate some, I make some uh, videos. I do translation of sign language to help my, those the deaf that helped me. And now Uganda is also putting sign language a bit uh, of interest. Like when it became a national language, still it was not uh, uplifted like it is now. For now, all if you want to broadcast something important on a television, you must have sign language there, which was not there before. Mm -hmm. So it shows that uh, they have now started considering also sign language and they have put emphasis. Last time I was watching our new prime minister giving a speech and she also had a deaf interpreter there, something that touched me. I felt like, yes, now people have recognized this language. That's so helpful. That's so helpful. And it makes me, my next question I want to ask you is what kind of access do deaf people in Uganda have to learning sign language? Is it something that someone in a rural part of the country may have a difficult time gaining access to or gaining the ability to learn this language? Yeah, with Uganda sign language, yes, before about two, four years ago, between four and two, between two and four years ago, it was hard. But uh, later, 
people started building up these uh, private schools and also the government has put up uh, many uh, government schools. Before there used to be very few schools, so you had to have uh, a, well, a wealth family to support you to get to sign language. But recently, people have also started helping out with, they have also seen many organizations coming up to support the devs, to educate them. But people, the devs that are in the villages, it's hard for them to have the education, but it's not, the hardship is not only facing them, it is the whole community situation because in the village, if the parents are not able to support their hearings, children they're also not able to support their deaf children so it's uh, just a general situation that they are not able to help this one and the other one it's not that we can help this one and leave out the other that was the case some time back but now it is uh it's not the same it's changing i would say it's changing that's good so the government what kind of steps is the government taking to provide access to Ugandan sign language in schools or they, for, for younger people who who are deaf and who need to to communicate yeah they um in schools in deaf schools they have also sponsored those schools that if somebody hearing is able to learn sign language you go and learn for free so that is uh, in, in those government schools. So they teach parents of the deaf and uh, any other person who wants to learn sign language, the hearing ones. So something that can help when this child needs help somewhere. Also on uh, communication medias, they have endeavored to make sure that there is sign language for, for the deaf so that they don't miss out on the important information that is being communicated. The sign language is is based on English. On English. Yes. How do or do you know how do people feel about having a sign language that's not based on any of the languages that are spoken in the country? Um not many people have picked up the interest of learning even when the government has put up such a, a free program not many people have endeavored to learn uh, but those that have endeavored to learn they are free with it because they need also some of the parents have not gone to school that have these uh, deaf children so it is an opportunity for them to learn english and to learn sign language mm. i think they feel that, uh, i have met because I, I i have many deaf friends and i work with them i interpret for them sometimes so they their parents are really really happy to see that there's a hearing person signing understanding their children and so they they don't mind okay as far as uh learning english or using that opportunity to learn english I know that English is an official language in Uganda. How how is the English language used in Uganda? Is it is it used in? Um, I guess maybe a better question would be: Is it common to hear English spoken, or 
is it used only in certain capacities like business or sports or? And, um, there are certain, uh, most businesses use uh, around Kampala, they use in Luganda unless they have an international hand like support then that's what they will use english but uh, also the i think they encourage people to use the local languages that people understand but uh, english is uh, being a national language is the only language that is taught all over uganda in schools mm. and then other languages are option so you can choose to learn or you don't have to choose to learn the only language that is examinable on the national uh, examination board of uganda they use it's only english and uganda so you have to know english and the constitution is not yet translated to other local languages fully so english works most in offices government offices and or other international offices is what language do children receive instruction in? Is it in Luganda? In English. In English. So immediately you step to school, you start with the English alphabet. Hmm. And then Luganda is taught much later in, in school, much later. I remember learning it in, in secondary school. That is after seven years of school. Mm -hmm. Then I started learning Luganda. But yes, in primary schools, they teach it, um, but not from, from, from infancy, they teach English until up to a certain level, then they introduce other languages. What is that like when you are at home and you're speaking Luganda, Lusoga, with your family? And then you go to school and you have to speak English or you have to learn these things in English. So, yeah, at school, usually it's uh, it's hard to, to, to change because, you know, your friend, the, your friend at school is your neighbor at home. So when you're outside school premises, you're speaking Luganda. And when you're in school, you have to switch to English. Sometimes it's hard. Mm -hmm. So you end up speaking uh, uh, Luganda, whichever language that area speaks, and then it still affects somehow the performance in the class if you don't speak English, because all these things have to be said in English. But yeah, if you practice like people from uh, other parts of the country, when they come here in the Buganda, they don't know how to speak Luganda, those people perform better because they, all they speak is English. So at the time of the examination, it's easy to read. Right. So that that helps them because now they don't have time to speak Luganda and now they look at a question with the Luganda grammar because the grammar of Luganda and English are quite different. Mm -hmm. So it, it doesn't make sense to speak Luganda and be examined in English. Are there any people in Uganda who feel like instruction should be a local language? Or are people, how do people feel about you know the the school system and and the instructional system being in english is there a push yeah. to get rid of that <laughs> uh if there would be a push then it would be hard to determine which language should we use because there are 
over 53 languages in Uganda. That's so true. If, yeah. then if you're saying, let's push one language, but they, they tried, they've done something that each region teaches English and the language of that area. So that is on the curriculum. Okay. So, but uh, to examine most of the most of the languages are not examinable on national level it's only luganda i have seen that is examinable because luganda is widely spoken in uganda right right okay now i was just curious because i <laughs> you know you're right i mean out of 53 languages what do you choose what yeah. <laughs> that might make everyone would want them oh, take me take me <laughs> exactly um i just think about it and just thinking it would be great to see local language reflected in schools and for children to be able to not have to make that switch between learning their you know mathematics in english but then you know, um, not learning them in their their native language necessarily. So I was just and curious. That's what Kenya does. They learn Swahili and everything is in Swahili. But then they need, uh, many Ugandans have found jobs in Kenya because then English, their English is a bit higher. So they need to work on the computers and do things uh, that requires English. So it would work here. But then we will also feel a little bit left out of the world if because I, I just take a look at Buganda. Here, Buganda really love their language, really love their culture. If that is the case, then they are totally going to phase out everything. Like, mm -hmm. like I said, many people from other parts, they come and learn Luganda and learn many languages. Buganda, Luganda. I understand. I, so I think it is good with the English. <laughs> <laughs> there are, a little bit. Yeah, there's a little bit of positive there. So at least, mm. you know, people can communicate across borders. Um, yeah. Yeah. So for people who are unfamiliar with Uganda and Luganda as a language, I mean, even though we've just been talking about it all this time, yeah. Uh, for people who are unfamiliar with the language, how can we experience Uganda and the, the culture of Uganda through literature or art or music or anything else? Uh, the one thing you will not miss is the comedy. And because the comedians usually do it in English. Mm. The music, those that uh, do Luganda, they basically do Luganda. And many literature, actually, it would be the other way around because they, if you look on the internet, there is very little literature about in Luganda. So it's actually the, the people of the Baganda that don't know English will the one feel uh, a little out of the left out mm -hmm. compared to the ones that speak English. If you come to Uganda, everything will be besides seeing the, the, the different country and different culture, you will not feel left out because there's English and people have learned to, especially around Kampala, people have seen many cultures. So they have gotten used to live with people of different cultures. 
for someone who wants to hear the language, maybe in popular music, are there any artists maybe in the last, I don't know, 50 years or so that we can try to find on YouTube or online and just hear hear the language? Yeah, I, I, I personally also have music I use. Some, some of them are, are around, are still around that the music I use, but also some people, some of the musicians are dead, but uh, there is one that really sang good music is uh, Eddie Wamala. Mm. He's online, he has really nice music. Uh, his music plays around Christmas time, is the whole music around the Kampala. Everywhere you go, they're playing <laughs> on the, his songs. He played really, I think he played a lot about Christmas and things like that. And then uh, he also has other, other music that's really good. So he sold, and now today's artists are also, uh, I think they got uh, uh, permission to redo his songs. So his music is brought alive again. There's a, uh, one of, one of my favorite, I think I also use it in class, is Ogendawa. Ogendawa, Ngendawa Fe Kampala. It's really, really nice. What are some things about the culture in, in Uganda or maybe even just in Kampala that make mm. it stand apart from the other countries in the in that region? Uh, one thing is the hospitality. Hmm. If you visit a Muganda and they're really happy to have you, they'll make you chicken. What kind of chicken? A local chicken. They, they usually they put it in a, the banana leaves and steam it, spiced. And to know that you are the guest, they will serve you the gizzard. Oh, that's the special part. <laughs> so if you miss the gizzard, then it's either given to the head of the home or to the visitor. Mm. So if you, have the vis if you see somebody serving you the gizzard, then you know at this point you are on top. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing about the visitor, when they serve you, usually what they do is they give you the whole food as they have cooked it, mm -hmm. but you're not supposed to finish it. What are you supposed <laughs> to do? You're supposed to eat, but don't finish it. You're, because they, they, when they make this food, there is the kid that caught this hen, there are the people that made the food and they served it to you. Mm. So when you eat, you leave for the people that are going to pick the plates. So then they also get, they get food and they eat. Okay. So I haven't, I haven't seen, I think I've seen that one in Buganda and Busoga. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> what are some things or is there anything about Uganda as a country or Kampala as a city that you would want people to know that they may not be aware of? Um, 
maybe uh, something about uh, Uganda. Um, Uganda, we live in uh, families, like a family is a, an extended family that includes father, mother, the grandfathers, the grand. So when I say my family, this is far different from the American and European setting. When you say family, it's your father, mother, and and your children if you are there. But uh, for for us, my father and all his brothers are my fathers. Oh. And my mother and all her sisters are my mothers. And so if something happens to one of them, I'll still say, my father. And then sometimes people get confused. How many fathers do you have? <laughs> yeah, but they are my fathers and all their children, all their children from my father's side are my brothers. So my 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 other father has children, all of them are my brothers. We don't have words like cousin and uh, nephew. Those words uh, are just coming up. Really? And now recently we we also now have them in uh, in Luganda, but yeah, we we prefer to call each one for brother, father, sister like that. It feels much closer and united than uh, uh, calling somebody cousin. Mm -hmm. And then one thing, this one I don't know if uh, ladies would like it, but giving compliments when you add weight so we say oh you have gained weight is a compliment and a ugandan lady would be mm -hmm. happy to be told that oh my gosh <laughs> i think i have to come to uganda now so <laughs> So I will feel better about this quarantine weight that I. <laughs> That's really interesting, though, and I don't know if you have an answer to this, but I'm curious to know how you know everyone's online, everyone's on the internet, and consuming culture from all over the world, and there are so many parts of our world where being thin is celebrated and preferred mm -hmm. but how do ugandan women and maybe how does the culture in uganda like how how does how are they what what's happening what's happening <laughs> and i i really hope that ugandan women are still you know happy to be curvaceous and and <laughs> and gain weight and not not give in to this like everyone wanting to be skinny because it's nonsense. But like, yeah. how how do Ugandan women feel about about that? Do you know? Uh, for around Kampala, it's changing, but uh, because being fat or being okay big is considered to be healthy and wealthy. Mm. So if you don't have enough food, is the reason you grow thin and tiny. If you eat well and you are wealthy, so it means you don't do a lot of 
hard work. So you, the only thing you have is to gain weight. Right. So if people say you have gained weight, then you feel like, yeah, I'm wealthy and healthy. I think that's how they feel. But I know that's how men feel. And mm -hmm. even women, when you tell them that, oh, they say thank you. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I hope that I, I asked that to say, honestly, I hope that Ugandan women, especially in the city where mm. so many people from all over the world are coming, I hope they don't feel pressure to go in the opposite weight. direction and lose weight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really think it's, you know, all of our cultures are so important and significant. Yeah. And I, it's really interesting and it's wonderful to be able to get on a video call like we are now and talk to someone mm. thousands of miles away and to to find out what's happening in other parts of the world but when certain beauty standards start to affect a culture mm. oppositely i i don't have good feelings about that so no no um, it's it's never a good thing um eric i want you to tell everyone listening how we can find you if we want to take lessons in Luganda from you and um, tell us where we can, how we can get in touch. Um, you can find me on italki. Uh, I think up to now, I'm still the only Luganda teacher on italki. Uh, not been in a body to offer Luganda online. So I teach the language on Aitoki, but I have also started teaching culture of Uganda on Amphi. Oh, cool. So, uh, but I also teach culture of Uganda on Amphi. Oh, what kind of things do you teach about the culture? Uh, I teach about the culture of Buganda, the culture of people, in Kampala and the different cultures for other culture for other languages I give a, a hint of how the people behave and the kind of food they eat and their contribution to Uganda for Buganda we go a bit detailed because uh, this is what I know but yeah I teach about the whole Uganda on Amphi and what is the link to uh, your italki and to the Amphi platform? If you just log into italki, I am the only Luganda teacher there. <laughs> so if you just type in Luganda, it will only be Eric. <laughs> and then on Amphi, I am the only one that teaches culture. We are two that teach Luganda on Amphi, but I'm the only one that teach culture of Uganda. What are your uh, what are your students like? Where are your students from, and what are some of their motivations for wanting to learn the language? I have uh, like seventy percent of my students are from America, um, from America, and uh, like sixty percent of these are from Uganda. Maybe their parents are Ugandan um, or they. They have been, they grew up from there and then they forgot Uganda or some of them, they, they are babies. I have babies like the age of nine and 14 also learning Uganda. 
Yeah. But yeah, yeah, most of them are Ugandan. Others that I have from Europe, also some of them, uh, their parents are Ugandan. Some of them have their boyfriend or girlfriend in Uganda. Okay. That's amazing. I'm so happy that you're able to share your language and your culture with people in other parts of the world. That's so cool. Yeah. So what I will do is I will take those links that um, the links that you have to those platforms and I will add them into the show notes for this episode so that people who want to start learning with you and who are listening can just click the show notes and get in touch with you right away. Yeah, that would be nice. I'll be happy to 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 see them. <laughs> and if they come, if they come from, if they tell me they found me from here, they also get a special deal for them. Oh well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if they listen to this uh, podcast, they get a special deal for sure. That's so generous. Thank you so much for offering that to my listeners. So you heard Eric, everybody listening, go take lessons with him and he's got a discount for you. So that's very generous. And I thank you so much for that. And I thank you so much for this conversation. I've learned so much. I took four post-its of notes while we were talking I was oh, wow. scribbling everything <laughs> down while we were talking. And I have, you know, I did my research a little bit before this conversation. Mm-hmm. And after talking with you, I have so much more to learn about Uganda <laughs> and about Luganda and Buganda. And there's just so much to know. And I'm I'm looking forward to learning more. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I have... My last question that I ask at the end of every episode, and just for fun, do you have any jokes, tongue twisters, cool slang words, idioms, words of wisdom, or words of advice in Luganda to share? And you have to teach it to me, of course. So (laughs) (laughs) the first one is for fun. Let me cook my head. Okay. So yes, let me cook my head to to say I I am thinking seriously. So after cooking my head, I'm coming up with a, a tongue twister. A tongue twister. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is about uh, teachers that taught teachers to teach education to teachers so that they can teach. Oh gosh, okay. In Luganda. Okay. <laughs> so I'll do, I'll first do the normal speed and then we can do it. Okay, I'm ready. Um, so messi, ya so messi, ava so messi, oku so messi, oku so messi, ava so messi, ava so messi, ya vawa. Okay. I'm ready, I'm ready. Let's, let's take this one step at a time so a teacher is omosomesa omosomesa yes now teaching is okusomesa teaching is okosomesa oku oku 
somesa. Okusomesa. Okusomesa. Okay. So then we're saying the teacher. So since we're saying the teacher, we will add o. Omusomesa. Omusomesa. Elia somesa. Abasomesa. Abasomesa. Okusomesa. Okusomesa. Obusomesa. Obusomesa. Basomese. Basomese. Abasomesa. Abasomesa. Yavawa. 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 So it's like the teacher that taught teachers to teach teaching to teachers so they can teach where did they come from? So it's just almost a mesa, almost a mesa, a so mesa, almost a mesa, a so mesa, a so mesa, a Abasomesa, Yakawa, Yavawa, Yavawa, Yavawa. Yes. Okay, I'm going to practice this. Okay. <laughs> I can gonna... write it for you if you want it. I can send you the, the words, then you can practice it. Okay, yeah, I'd love to practice this because yes. I love, love learning all of these little sayings from everywhere so this is fun and i need practice <laughs> one wise word from buganda is uh, it, uh, when we travel we see oh. and then when we come back we tell i love that so it, it's like we encourage people, go and see, because we usually we think our mother is the best cook, but first you go, see, then you come and tell. Yeah. Can I try that one too? Okay. Okutambula. Okutambula. Kulaba. Kulaba. Okuda. Okuda. Kunyumia. This one has a new consonant that is not in English. Okay. <laughs> the NY. So we have NYU, MYA, Kunyumia. So we're saying Kunyumia. Kunyumia. Yeah. Okutambula is to walk or to travel. Kulaba to see. Okuda to come back. Kunyumia to tell. So it's to walk to see to come back to tell. So every word starts with oku. Oku is to. It means to. It's something we add behind the verb to make it infinitive. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay, I see. So <laughs> I wrote this one down too. <laughs> <laughs> Oku, okutam, 
Pula? Yes. Kulaba? Great. Okuda? Mm -hmm. Ku Kunyandia? <laughs> Kunyunia. 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 Yes. Okay. I didn't understand my own handwriting there. Okay. It's a Ku, which is K U N Y U M Y A. M Y A. Okay. Kunyumia. Kunyumia. Yes. Okay. I did it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love to do this question because um, it's really important to me for people to feel like it's okay to make mistakes yeah. and to laugh about it and get it wrong and that's something that i always struggled with as a language learner mm -hmm. i was just always afraid that people were gonna laugh at me and make me mm -hmm. feel stupid so i enjoy um laughing yeah. at myself <laughs> trying i, new I understand well i also try to learn languages now and i make a lot of mistakes i'm i have learned to laugh at the mistakes yeah. because it is my step to learning i if i expect perfection then i'm going to get frustrated of course of course that's the best way to approach it i think just have yeah. fun and give it your best yeah <laughs> well eric thank you so much for this conversation again and i thank like i said i've too. just learned so much talking with you and before i let you go Really quickly, don't think about okay. it too hard. Okay. In in Luganda, in in any language that you would be likely to hear in your city in Kampala, mm. what would be after we've been talking for all this time? What would be the best way to say goodbye? Bella Bulongi. Bella Bulongi. Bella Bulongi. That, that is like be well. Bella Bulongi. Because I would not tell you the other. The other is a promise, like we're going to see each other soon. Right. Okay. If you would like that, then I would say Tulawagane. Tulawagane. It has some word that resembles to see in the previous word we had. Thank you so much Bye. again. <laughs> that's how we answer okay you too be well oh i love that thank you so much <laughs> thank you too and i will be talking to you soon okay bye bye bella bulonji bella bulonji